Welcome back to the Eden Podcast. This is episode 69. Uh, my name is Sam Matlett. I'm your host. And there hasn't been an interview for about two weeks now. The reason for that is there's no reason. Just been slack and been traveling a little bit. But that's cool. Some of you will have seen that I was with Joey in the Netherlands. Joey Suki. We got a lot of stuff done. More info to come on that. Uh, we did do a live feedback session, which you can check out on the EDM Prod page. I believe I shared it or his page. Uh, and we also recorded a podcast, but that won't be coming out for a few weeks. But it's really good, so I keep an eye out. Anyway, this interview, this episode is with I Live Here. Uh, he is on Bitbird. He makes some pretty amazing music, and I hadn't heard of him until Connor uh, told me about him. We talk about a bunch of stuff in this interview. We talk about his story, uh, how he became a producer, how he released on Bitbird. But we also talk about something that I think needs to be talked about more, and that is depression. And Tim, or I Live Here, talks about that, his experience with it, how he's dealt with it, how it affected his ability to make music that's what this interview really focuses on and that's why I'm really stoked to put it up so yeah we talk about that we talk about some production techniques and, and stuff like that just a really solid interview Tim's a cool guy real chill uh, if you enjoyed this interview please head over to edmpro.com forward slash iTunes and you can leave a rating and review uh, this helps it helps build the podcast it helps um, add credibility and if you enjoy this episode, I would love if you could share it on social media, even if it's just on your personal page, if it resonated with you, or if you think it will would help anyone else you know, that would be fantastic. Without further ado, here is I Live Here. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome everyone to the EDM Podcast. This is episode 69. And I'm joined uh, by Tim, who's better known as I Live Here. Tim, how's it going? Good, man. Bit rushed. Take 14, but I'm good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I actually had time to just eat some breakfast. How oh, nice. Uh, so it worked out okay. You've kind of told me your story about three times now, but we haven't recorded it. So yeah. for those listening who don't know you, uh, and, and don't know who you are 
Tell us about your background. What has the journey looked like so far? Right. Um, yeah, it started out when I was about 10 years old. Um, I moved with my family to Ireland for my dad's job. Uh, he worked for IBM at the time. Had to do an assignment, help desk, something, something. I don't know what. Uh, but it was an assignment for a year. So we had to live there for a year. My dad and my mom also um, were both musicians. Uh, my dad played keys and my mom was a singer. Uh, she sang in choirs and stuff. So when I moved to Ireland, my dad joined a band there and I tagged along when they practiced. And I was really intrigued by all the instruments and sounds and stuff. I had no idea what they were doing, but I knew I liked it. Didn't do much with it for a couple of months after my sister bought a drum kit. That's when I started to get interested in music making. My sister got bored of the drum set, so I snuck up behind the drum set and started playing. I didn't know what I was doing at all, but I knew I had fun. So when I got back to the Netherlands, I started taking drum lessons in Zoetermeer. Yeah, got into high school, started playing in high school band and did some performances there. And with the band, I played Rage Against the Machine, Chili Peppers, the whole shebang, everything. And we even made our own songs. After high school, I got admitted to the Rotterdam Conservatory, where I studied drums for five years. See, that's a long time. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The thing is, um, I got into like sort of a pre-year. I'm not sure what it's called. The normal study period is four years but my theory and stuff wasn't good enough yet so i got admitted but i needed to do an extra year so after college i played in a couple of different bands uh played in a wedding band um, how was that shit <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was a good pay and it's the thing with a wedding band is you shouldn't do it longer than two years because you why yeah dutch weddings are boring um why is that because because i mean i was just over there um with my friend joey joey suki he was talking about weddings and like yeah the netherlands like they're quite a big thing and you know yeah yeah the wedding scene is pretty big but they're all the same so like I said, the, the first two years are fun because you get to experience all the different weddings or something. But playing Valerie by Amy Winehouse for five years is, oh, is yeah, exactly. Did you play any weddings that were just awkward or something went wrong or that would be my worst fear? Yeah, I, I played a wedding once uh, in Daventer, which is like a shithole in the middle of nowhere. After playing... I went outside to smoke a cigarette and 
someone of the uh, the one of the guests came up to me and said, "Ah, oh, that band is quite terrible, right?" And it was like, "Yeah." <laughs> like do you know who you're talking to right now <laughs> and i had to drive two hours back to home <sighs> yeah so i did my last gig with the wedding band last week and i'm really happy about it i can't recommend it to anybody yeah going back to graduating college um so yeah wedding band um i also played in a couple of original bands but they all didn't work out really, or I had to invest so much time in so many people and so many ideas of of the people that I was working with. It, it would never work out. Why? Why is that? I'm kind of all or nothing guy. So when I when I start a project, I really want to move along fast to get get things done really and the bands i was in were just like yeah let's uh, play yeah let's just play it's fun it's fun and these were all the guys i went to college with and and i was like yo you, this is your job you want to do this you want to make money out of this right and i like having fun but it's taking too much time out of me making money to basically eat so yeah i really just put those bands aside and just starting started my own projects uh i live here which which was just um started out as music for fun really just to get excited about making music again because i i really lost the excitement for music through playing in these bands so yeah i live here started about three four years ago right around the end of my college period and i mostly made ambient type documents documentary scorey typey film scorey stuff um, so no drums soundscapes ambience and I think about two years ago was when I made this, the initial sketch for About Time, which I released last year on Bitbird's um, first ever Goldian Finch compilation. Yeah, so I made a kind of sketch and I sent it over to Son Sonder, aka Son Holo, saying, have a listen. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it, also cool the the initial idea was just some ambient really ambient stuff and some piano chords and he sent it back to me with 808s with an 808 bass line under it and it gave it a real trappy kind of vibe and it was like what the hell is this so yeah i i i worked i worked it out son helped me out a couple of times and the song was finished and that was really the turning point for for me uh, being more involved in more electronic based music.
I'm I'm curious though because not everyone can just message San Holo and get him to listen to music. He's a busy guy. So why were you able to do that? How did you meet him? Tell tell us about that. Even though it's take 14, I forget to tell this every time. I've known Sander and Torvald since high school. Um, we were in the in the in the high school band together, so I've known them for about 10 to 12 years, I think. Um, yeah, we've been friends ever since. I've played in a couple of bands with Sander, where Sander played guitar and I played drums um, in college as well. So yeah, that's how I know him. What have you seen that other people might not have seen? Because uh, when it comes to successful artists, what happens is you just see the stuff on social media. Oh, look, they became successful overnight. Uh, how lucky are they? But you have known him for over a decade now. What have you seen? Yeah, Sander is, and Torold, by the way, is they're both the most honest, hardworking people I've ever I've ever known really they really got a passion for music and art in general and they have a vision for something that hasn't been done before and which is to support artists that deserve it really um, and I'm really honored to be a part of that it's so humbling to say the least mm. and for Sander he's 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 battled with the the same thing I had which was dedicating his life to the bands he was playing in uh touring and yeah then all shit went sour so he started for himself and worked his ass off spent days in his bedroom behind his laptop and three years later, I think Fly was one of the first things, more EDM-ish, I've heard from him. It became a hit, and he really deserves it. He works so hard, day and night. And he's also one of the, yeah, the kindest and most humble people I know. Yeah, I met him two years ago at ADN. We talked for like half an hour. And I was just like, man, this guy's cool. You know, he, he, he just has a passion for music. We just talked about production. That's all we talked about. Yeah, he, he's like that. He's, he's super open to, to everybody, really. Now, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, after you played in a few bands, you lost the excitement for making music. Tell me about this, because this is what a, a lot of people struggle with this. They lose the excitement. A lot of them just give up. Um, what happened there? I became aware of this, I think, around the end of my college that um, I had this feeling that I shouldn't be just a drummer, really. Um, there was more in this world for me. I don't know why, but as a drummer, I'm not the technical, choppy kind of guy. I just want to play a groove and play that really well and not overplay it um, i think that's a sign of a good drummer though oh thanks <laughs> yeah no absolutely i've i played since i was 10 but um i oh, think no. that's what there's a video on youtube actually i forgot who it's by but he kind of uh explains the difference between a good drummer and a bad drummer and he's like if 
what's the Beatles the Beatles drummer what was his name Ringo Starr yeah if he, he used that as an example and he played along to a Beatles song and he he was using like double kicks and all these fills he's like this sounds horrible in the context of the song Ringo Starr would just play like a beat like this like real simple but he yeah. nailed it yeah it exactly worked. do you know the drummer for John Mayer uh, one of the older drummers is Steve Jordan I do yeah, he, he he has this. There's this video of him on YouTube saying, "Simplicity is not stupidity." Oh, love that. Yeah, I live for that type of stuff. But yeah, but to be fair, the the I just had it with drumming and these bands I was playing in, really. And I think I think it was uh, because of the people I was surrounded by at the time, really, or to say the bands I was playing in at the time, they didn't have the same dedication, I think, as I had. I don't want to sound cocky, but yeah, we were just on different pages and, and that's when I lost the excitement for drumming, really. And I just wanted to start my own thing. What's been the most challenging part of your journey as an artist? Um, well, depression has been a bit of a bitch in my life. So yeah, backstory, my, um, I got admitted to the conservatory and about two weeks later, after I started college, I got a phone call from my mom saying, I was at my girlfriend's at the time saying, come home. I have some news for you. I was like, well, what are you talking about? Is it good? Is it bad? And she said, it's bad. So turns out she has, um, I think it's called pancreatic cancer in, uh, in English. And it was at a late stage. Yeah, uncurable. Um, she died within eight weeks. Yeah. So that had a massive impact on my life not knowing that at the time yeah but i got into a downward spiral after that really it's so hard depression depression is a really weird thing because i really wanted to be happy but i just couldn't or had things things going around in my mind saying i'm bad at shit i'm bad at drumming i'm bad at music i'm bad at everything really the the upside is that I could also use music to express my feelings, really. I think that's what you hear in my music today, is the expression of those hard times. Yeah, I've basically been depressed on and off for about eight years, I think. Seeing a couple of therapists and stuff and group therapy and everything. And yeah, some, some helped, some didn't, but... It's a, it's a very hard thing. I've never dealt with it personally, so I, I don't know what it's like. I've just heard people talk about it. I mean, it sounds horrible, but I was going to ask how you, how you deal with it and how music plays a role in that. Because what you said about, like I imagine, I, I don't know, it would be really hard for me to, motivate myself to make music if i was in that headspace it still is sometimes i still think every day i'm not good enough but yeah i have good good people around me that support me and 
Especially since everything on SoundCloud is letting it look. It's not blowing up like, but for me, it's blowing up. If you know what I mean. Well, it's a couple of hundred thousand plays in some songs. Yeah, exactly. That's so mind blowing to me. And that support means so much. And that's what keeps me going really. Besides the people I have directly around me. Yeah, and I wish I could help everybody with these kinds of things. But well, I, I do want to ask you a question because I know that uh, you're not alone in terms of like there's there's bound to be quite a few people listening to this who deal with the same thing, and I can't give any advice on it. What advice would you give? It's hard to motivate yourself. Um, you're not in it alone. Yeah. Um, how am I going to say this correctly? The thing is, yeah, you're not in it alone. There's other people like me who suffer from this. And I suffered f- from this for like eight years. I'm actually doing good right now, which is really weird for me to say. Um, what helped for me is to talk, talk to your family, talk to a therapist, Talking is the only remedy, I think, to really fix this and to go deep on on the issues that cause these depressions, really. If you need help, contact me, really. I'd be glad to help anytime. I think that's good advice, especially because a lot of us artists, like, we can be introverts, not necessarily reach out to people. And I, th- I think even as uh, as males, like as men, there's also that kind of, oh, I'm not going to complain or I'm not going to, you know, which which isn't good. Uh, it's okay if you use music as your outlet. If that's the way you, you communicate and it works for you, it's, it's fine. But find something that works for you and talk to people about it who have... Well, who also know what it's like, really. Just keep going. You're going to do fine in the end. I think I I thought I wasn't going to do fine, but um, look where I am now. Pretty happy talking to Sam online, who's in New Zealand. So crazy. Yeah, man, exactly. So why do you think you're doing well now? Like, what do you think contributes to that? You, you kind of touched upon it. You've got a good support network. Music's doing well. Is that it? Yeah, I've really picked out the people around me that inspire me and that can help me. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, of course. He's like, ditch the, ditch the one friend that is a loser and hang with winners. And that's a bit rash for me, but... Yeah, I think it's crucial. Yeah, it is in some way. Um, I wouldn't take it as far as that, maybe, just to say, no, you're out, I hate you. But it, it, it comes down to that, just find time to hang with the people you love, you really love, and that love you. That's the most important thing, maybe. And, and love you enough to tell you the truth as well. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think that's a huge issue. When you when you hang around people who aren't going to challenge you and who aren't going to like... Like I'm fortunate enough to have friends that will call me out on 
things, you know, like exactly. if I'm doing something wrong or like going down the wrong path, like they'll mm-hmm. call me up. I'll be like, Sam, what are you doing? You know, this isn't good. And that's invaluable. It's so helpful. I think that's great advice from Vaynerchuk. I think, yeah, like <laughs> it does sound quite brutal, but I've seen it so much in my life with other people who, who get and hang out with the wrong people and it just, their life just goes like, it's, it's horrible, man. Yeah, it's not having about, it's not about having like 5,000 Facebook friends, have like two friends even that are just amazing and be happy really. So I want to switch gears uh, for a moment and, and go into the production side of things because I think you're super talented um, and I love your music. How how do you approach a new song? What does your workflow look like? <laughs> Um, I have no idea. I've, <laughs> I knew this question was coming, but I have no idea. I just. Well, well tell me about um, Won't Let Go. Like how, how did that song come about? Yeah, the thing is, I, I have like a schedule for studio time, I call okay. it. So whether that's at home or actually in my studio. Um, it's just this block in the morning from like eight till 12, one ish, depending on my mood. And is that like focused work, like no distractions? Yeah, I try. At least I try. One day is better than the other, but yeah, the, the time is fixed every day. So I just go to really open my door and just start messing around. 8 a.m. did you say? That's quite early for a producer <laughs> yeah yeah i don't sleep a lot i only sleep like six hours every night i think so is that all you need or yeah yeah i think oh, yeah. so i'm jealous yeah i'm really fortunate with that yeah i think i have quite some energy and good food helps helps a lot sure. so yeah let's see won't let go it's a song that took the longest for me i wrote it it took about half a year on and off yeah i know it's like the last version was version 20 master 14.3 something like that (laughs) oh my goodness yeah yeah. how did it feel when you like finally exported it wow it's like weight lifted off my shoulders yeah it started around the beginning of this year um I had this vocal sample I used in in Coming Home, the track that I released last February. Yes, February. Um, And I started messing around with it. The lead for the drop came out. And then I had the 808 under it and some drums, but it still needed some chords for the drop. And I was like, "Eh, saw waves, boring. And I literally just got searching on YouTube for how to make a cool synth or something like that. <laughs> just uh, I was I was done for the day. I was like, ah, oh, let's do this. Okay, let's see what happens. And then I found found this sound uh, or this guy explaining him how to make the sound in massive, and it really worked out pretty good. 
so yeah i altered it a little bit so it doesn't sound exactly like the like the youtube video but that's how the drop came came about yeah after that i sent it to son and he said maybe you should do some vocals on it like real vocals mm. so i'm like okay i know someone then i asked kalulu the singer on it her real name is marinka stam and i played in her band which is called kalulu and she's okay. an amazing singer uh we also did a little tour in ireland and stuff and we're still great friends so so it was cool to have her on and yeah she came with the idea for the lyrics and the melody of it and we changed it a little bit recorded it that's it basically I think it was that song, the timing, like the, the drums timing. It's so interesting. Might've been another song, but it wasn't a typical, um, wasn't typical drum placement. Yeah, exactly. I think the, let me see. Yeah. I like double half timed the snare, if you know what I mean. So it's like under one of the every two bars. How has, uh, I mean, <laughs> you've been drumming for years, went to conservatory. How has drumming influenced your production? I mean, has it helped at all? Um, does it shape the way you think about making music? I think it helps in the, in the drumming, drumming stuff. So the drum programming is, is pretty easy for me because I know where everything's supposed to be. When I look at the screen, I know notation and 16s and 8s and stuff like that. So that's pretty easy for me, at least. And in terms of percussion and stuff, and drums are always the easiest for me to mix as well. I know how I want my drums to sound. Yeah, especially after I've been playing them all these years, I think I know what I want my drums to sound like. So... um, yeah, that's the easiest part for me. The hardest part is the rest. Yeah, I'm good with chords. I suck at melodies. Those take time for me. Mm. And I think it's hard. I think it's harder than people think to get a good melody. Yeah. Like I think it's an art. Yeah, exactly. I really envy people like Son and Drulu that just make melodies instant that I could have thought of, but they just do it. And I'm like... Huh? How did yeah, you no, do that's that? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah, I struggle with melody lines. Nine out of ten times I have an uninspired melody line. Why did it take so long? Why did it take six months? Like, I'm assuming the initial idea came together quite quickly. Yeah, the drop was one night. Um and the rest of it was me uh, contemplating stuff, really. So switching around the drop and making a new bridge and 
switching it to normal halftime drums, but it didn't feel right. Um, maybe different lyrics, different melody lyrics. And in the end, it all comes back to the initial idea. So yeah, that's why it took six months. It was me doubting myself as usual. Does it come to a point where you're just like, uh, this is fine or like, this is just going to be it. I suppose what I'm trying to ask is, was that six months worth it? Yeah, definitely. Because mm. I, uh, I wasn't working on it every day for those six months. Right. I've had yeah. some time in between where I didn't do anything for a month, maybe, or a couple of weeks. Sure. Just to give it some time and to let it breathe and to... Um, to refresh my ears when I put it on again. So I was like, okay, this is, it's not as bad as I think it is. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth for me to take my time. Other times the light remix, for instance, was done in two weeks from start to finish. It just came together, really. What are some production techniques that you use or have come up with that other people may not know about. Yeah, there's this plugin called Retrocolor. Okay. Um, by oh, what's what's the company called again? Oh yeah, XLN Audio. They also do addictive keys and addictive drums. Oh yep. And it's the most amazing plugin ever. I just got it recently, and it emulates like f- uh, VHS tapes final crackle stuff but it has really cool parameters like the flux uh, uh, flutter and the wow and yeah just bit crushing distortion yeah it's really cool yeah that that really adds to my all-out ambient vibe i think Mm. and yeah i've been using a piano Really, in all my songs, it's the Addictive Keys Operate Piano. And I put that through uh, the guitar rig by Native Instruments, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and there's like a Memory Man delay type thing on it. And it goes through the Fender emulation amp as well. Mm. So that's stuff I like to do, really. So take a piano, which would you would never throw through an amp and just do that. <laughs> yeah, there's also one other technique I learned recently um, for, for instance, build up drums is to have like a snare go have like one track have the, the loudest parts and build the tracks under that with the softer parts, if you know what I mean. So the ghost notes in between. So the first track is going to be da 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 for instance. And all the other tracks are So when you stack them up, when you stack them on each other, they go I like that. For instance. So yeah, that's... That works way better for me than the whole philosophy thing and checking in in the MIDI roll. You can just pull up and pull down every volume fader really easily. 
Yeah, I like that. Do you have any, well, first of all, do you deal with writer's block, creative block? Yes, every day. But the thing is, I, like I said, the, the studio time, I just sit down, get to work. If it's shit, it's shit. If it's good, it's good. So you just work. You just yeah, work anyway. Exactly. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a job for me. So I truly think a lot of people mistake creative block for laziness. Yes, definitely. Honestly, that is my firm belief that it's quite offensive to some people, but like a lot of people just sit down and they're like, oh, this is hard. I've got writer's block. It's like, no, it's just hard. Making music is hard sometimes. Exactly. Writer's block is not a thing to me. Yeah, I don't think it actually exists, but I the reason I asked the question is because a lot of people know what it feels like, um, but I yeah, I don't believe it exists. Yeah, I understand it. I've I've had it. Uh, I've thought I've had it, but you don't have it. You just need to get to work and accept that if you're if you're having a shit day, you're having a shit day. I think one one little quote that like always comes to mind is action cures fear. And if you think about it, like a lot of people uh, feel they have writer's block, or they they find it hard to make music because they're scared of result of what other people will think and when you're not active when you don't work you that just plays around in your head and it makes you feel worse because you're not doing anything um, but when you just get to work it kind of fades away like this morning for instance I was just lying in bed I'm like jet lagged I'm so tired so I'm just not stable and I was just like oh man this sucks like I've got so much work to do and then like I got up and I had a shower and I was like it's fine actually there's nothing to complain about. I'm fine. Like I just need to get to work. When I thought I had writer's block, that's where depression came in for me as well. Because I would stay in bed and do nothing and think bad of myself and would, would be scared to send uh, my music to someone. Or How did you snap out of that? I've had great help with therapy. Um, mm. We went deep in there. Holy shit. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. And that pretty much changed my life really from facing, I was was really facing everything in a negative way. And in therapy, I I had like, they put me, they really put me in front of a mirror just to see what I I was like. And they asked me, what are you, what are you looking at right now? And it's like, there's just, big pile of mess over there standing just doing nothing and being negative all day and that that's what snapped me out of it really mm. and i've changed ever since and just started working on music really i'm definitely not not the best songwriter or as good as i want to be yet 90 percent of what i do is absolute trash but 10% out of the 100 is actually pretty okay what drives you to get in the studio 8am to 12 one every day and just work what drives you to do that is it just the love for the music yeah I think it is I really like the aspect of just sitting down and writing songs that i get to do that is amazing to me even if i 
suck at it most of the time. It's so amazing to me that I get to do this every single day, whenever I want, really. That's, that's my motivation. So you kind of see it as a privilege rather than a task. Yeah, exactly. And it, and the thing is that it has, be, it's just like a habit, really, to get up, go to my studio, go back home. You know, it's, it's just like your normal everyday nine to five job, but I've made it myself. It's like, it's like a routine now. Just get up, take a shower, walk the dog, go to the studio, go back. Day's done. Two more questions. Where do you see yourself five to 10 years from now? Where, like, where do you see your career going? I have no idea, actually. Honest answer. Yeah. For me, I don't have a specific vision, but there are certain things that like, I want to be true in my life. Is there anything like that? Like, is there anything you want to, like, I, I still want to be able to work in the studio every day or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, if I could have the life that I have right now in 10 years, that would be amazing, really. If I could keep doing what I'm doing right now and be surrounded by the people I'm with now, I'm good right now. Okay. One more question, Tim. You're walking down uh, the street and all of a sudden UFO comes along, these aliens come out and they're like, we're going to abduct you, we're going to take you off planet Earth. Um, There's a studio though on the other planet, so it's fine. But they give you a piece of paper and they say to you, you can write down three pieces of advice uh, for the world and then they take you away. What is on that piece of paper? Three pieces of advice. It's a bit cliche, but be happy. Just literally be happy. You're so fortunate to have what you're having right now, if you're listening to this. And do what you love would be the second. Uh, Last piece of advice. Go see I Live Here at ADE at a night with (laughs) Big Bird. (laughs) Sorry, I I can't think of another one. That's cool, man. You gotta plug something. Yeah. Just we need happy. I'm uh, playing the 19th of October at the Melkweg in Amsterdam. I'm opening uh, at a night with Bitbird. That's gonna be dope. I wish I could be there. Um, hey, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been a fantastic uh, chat. If people wanna learn more about you and, and follow your music, where can they do that? Uh, they can go to facebook.com forward slash I live here music. My Instagram and Twitter handle are I live here double underscore. SoundCloud is I live here music. Check Bitbird out. Uh, that's it, basically. Yeah, that's it, I think. 